Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, you're listening to episode 45 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura, and I am the host of this podcast. I recently received a master's degree in climate science and solutions, and I'm really excited to be here today. Happy to have you if you're new, and happy to have you back if you're returning to EcoChic. We're talking about climate change and personal sustainability tips, so things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally, totally should be. If you enjoy EcoChic, please go ahead and leave us a rating and a review on whatever your preferred podcast listening platform is. I really love reading reviews and I love getting DMs and I love seeing people share episodes on their Instagram stories. It encourages me so much, lets me know what you guys want to hear about. And if you have any suggestions on a future podcast episode, please go ahead and reach out either again via Instagram or via email. And those things are always down below at EcoChic Podcast, or you could reach out via my website, lauraediaz.com. Today we have a solo episode, which is a lot of fun for me because I really like having conversations on this podcast, but I know some people like the short and sweet solo episodes too, so it's fun to kind of mix it up, especially because we have had so many interesting guests lately. I thought it'd be fun to just kind of throw this one out there. A couple of weeks ago, I got a message from my friend Abby asking me about sustainable cotton t-shirts. It was interesting because she was just like, should I be thinking about buying organic cotton t-shirts? Is it really that important? And then we started talking about other things like cotton balls and other cotton items that you might have in your life that you don't really think too deeply about. Cotton is such a basic fabric in our society that we don't always think about where it comes from and how it gets to us and how our choices are impacting the environment. So I thought this would be a really fun conversation to have more broadly on the podcast with all y'all talking about organic cotton. And today we are going to be talking more specifically about cotton clothing. I'm not getting into things like rugs or um, other fabrics that you have in your household. We're talking today about cotton clothing and we're talking about the pros and cons of choosing an organic cotton t-shirt. So another premise I want to say is that we're not talking about denim today too in depth, though denim is made from cotton. There are a lot of other things like in the dyeing process and just in the processing of denim that are different from cotton t-shirts and other cotton clothing items. We've discussed before, but denim is one of the harshest clothing items on the environment. Again, just based on the dyeing and the processing. And in addition to all of the conventional cotton growing techniques that we're gonna discuss today in the irrigation, denim does take a lot more water and energy to produce. And the amount of water that goes into washing denim is pretty significant as well. So we're not talking about things like jeans today. We're just talking about cotton clothing in general. So first, I think it's important that we like set the scene. Let's discuss the main issue here. So organic cotton, just using the word organic, 
means that it's cotton that's coming from plants or crops that have not been genetically modified. Plants that have been genetically modified are typical cotton. I'm going to refer to today as conventional cotton. So just so that you have it in your head what the difference is when we're discussing. So something that's really important to realize is that a lot of the time genetic modification is because we want a higher yield from the same crop as compared to a conventional crop. So basically what that means for cotton is that in order to get the same amount of cotton fibers from an organic crop versus a conventional crop, you'll have to plant more organic plants. So in general, you will be using more land just because you're using organic cotton. You're not gonna be able to get the same amount of cotton yield from a lower amount of plants. So if one cotton plant could produce, let's say five t-shirts, an organic plant might only be able to produce two t-shirts. So I hope that gives you a little bit of perspective. Again, those numbers are totally made up, but I just wanna kind of put it into perspective in like really simple terms when we're talking about the difference between organic and conventional crops and their yields. So basically, again, yes, that does mean that more land is used when you are farming organic cotton. And that land, of course, needs to be tended and irrigated, and it takes a lot more resources to maintain that higher amount of land when it comes to planting organic cotton. So let's talk a little bit about the water usage because that's a big conversation when it comes to any sort of farming. And I just mentioned irrigation, that we will need more irrigation when we're planting organic. So it will take approximately 290 gallons of water to grow a basic conventional cotton t-shirt. Now, by comparison, they say that about 660 gallons of water is used to grow an organic cotton t-shirt of the same quality. So let's just kind of put that into perspective, 290 gallons versus 660, so that's a little bit less than half of the amount of water to grow a conventional shirt versus an organic shirt. So it's really also common, I do wanna point out, that organic cotton actually requires less water over time because the soil is better sequestering carbon from organic matter and it stores the water a lot better so you don't actually need to water it so long term but you do have to consider that the water that it does initially take is significantly higher for an organic t-shirt and now let's talk a little bit more about water and where this water is coming from because water tends to be the typical environmental concern when we're talking about growing fabrics so a lot of our cotton actually comes from places that are struggling with water scarcity one of the main water producing countries in the world is India, which has a severe drought issue. But I do want to point out that about half of all cotton crops worldwide, both organic and conventional, get their water from rainfall. So the most water efficient option in any sort of crop, be it cotton or anything else, is just having rain fed crops. But unfortunately, there's actually no way for you to know if the cotton in your shirt is rain fed cotton or traditionally purchased water. And unfortunately, there's actually no label to let you know. But speaking of labels, so while we don't have any labels discussing the water usage of organic cotton, we do have labels that discuss the dyeing process, which is really important to discuss just briefly, because a lot of the time we don't actually think about dyeing as something that is environmentally concerning. But unless you're wearing a pure white cotton t-shirt, everything in your closet has been dyed. So the dyeing process is actually quite dirty, quote unquote. It does revolve around a lot of chemicals, a lot of water usage, a lot of energy usage just to process those chemicals and eventually get them dyed onto the cotton or whatever other fabric we're discussing today. 
But unless your organic cotton garment is certified under a program called the Global Organic Textile Standard, so a very specific label, it is actually just about impossible to figure out if the dyeing process of your organic cotton t-shirt was organic. So does that make sense? You might be buying an organic cotton t-shirt, but the dyeing process is not necessarily organic. So a lot of the things that we think we're doing really great on actually have these little hidden environmental concerns that we should be considering. Another big discussion apart from water is the transportation of that cotton t-shirt to get to you. So as I mentioned earlier, India grows the vast, vast majority of the world's cotton and the US is the largest organic cotton consumer. So not cotton in general, but organic cotton specifically. And then another really fun fact, if you're interested when it comes to fast fashion, H&M, which is based out of Sweden, manufactures a lot of the clothes in Asia, and that is the top user of cotton in general. So a lot of discussion here about the global transport of cotton. I think this is really interesting because we think a lot about, at least I personally think a lot about organic cotton fields being here in the US. And that's not actually the case at all. We don't grow a whole lot of cotton in the US anymore. And the transportation costs, both in carbon, in energy, in other environmental concerns is quite, quite high just to get that organic cotton t-shirt to you. So if you have the option of buying a cotton t-shirt made in the US, even if it's just conventional cotton, it will have a significantly lower environmental footprint than an organic cotton t-shirt that's grown in India, processed in Asia by H&M, and then shipped over to your house in the US. So just to kind of wrap up that idea of transportation and environmental costs, the lower yield of an organic cotton crop, as we discussed earlier, they are linked to higher greenhouse gas emissions. Your organic cotton t-shirt does have a higher environmental footprint than a conventional cotton t-shirt. And that higher level of greenhouse gas emissions is typically just associated with the industrial farms that are producing them. So this isn't considering how it's getting to you. This isn't considering the water usage that it takes you to wash it or dye it or anything like that. Just producing that cotton has a higher greenhouse gas factor. So we've given a lot of pros and cons in a very short amount of time. I hope you're not too overwhelmed. I threw a lot at you just then. But let's kind of wrap up. In conclusion, is your organic cotton t-shirt actually environmentally friendly? You know what? Organic, all natural is not always the move. It's actually really about maximizing the amount of cotton t-shirts that you can get per cotton plant. So maximizing the product per input, minimizing those environmental factors that go into producing every t-shirt or every other clothing item in your closet. So what can you do as a consumer? Buy higher quality clothing, buy clothing that you need to replace less often, and then also just buy less clothing in general. Wear them more often, wear them longer term. Look for clothing items that are timeless as opposed to really trendy H&M type pieces. We've talked about fast fashion before on the podcast, but never really in this sense of water and yields and crops. So just think about it from that perspective as well. If you do want to be purchasing things frequently, think about thrifting and taking something out of the waste stream. Make sure that those inputs of that cotton t-shirt, the environmental things like energy, water, things of the sort are getting maximized if you're purchasing something secondhand. There's no way to be totally sure that you're reducing your impact based on the amount of clothing you consume, the clothing that you do choose to purchase, but just keep them for a long time. At home, please keep in mind that your laundry machine and your dryer also uses a ton of water and a ton of energy. So make sure that you are doing your laundry really consciously, if that makes sense. Wash your clothes as needed, not necessarily just because it's been hanging for a while and you're not really sure. Be more conscious of what is actually dirty in your closet and what you can wash together and just washing things on cold 
air drying when you can, things of the sort. Everything we've heard before about home energy and water usage, but just make sure you're thinking a little bit deeper about how that cotton is getting to you and how that cotton t-shirt is impacting the planet during every little stage of its life. So normally I like to close every episode of Eco Chic discussing a question or comment or something that I've received via DM or in real life or via email or whatever it may be. And because this whole episode was kind of in response to a question, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not really going to answer one at the end today. But I feel like I need to tell you guys something because I come on this podcast every week. I feel like you're my friends and I talk a lot about things like wool dryer balls. I love wool dryer balls because they eliminate the need for disposable dryer sheets. I preach about wool dryer balls all the time, just reducing the static in your laundry. And I really, really enjoy them. A lot of people like to put essential oils on their wool dryer balls to just give their clothing a little bit of smell. And my mom puts lavender, everyone I know puts lavender, but I'm a really big fan of eucalyptus. I love the smell of eucalyptus. So I've been doing that for maybe a month and a half now, just putting eucalyptus essential oils on my dryer balls. And y'all, eucalyptus oil is a known irritant. I gave myself a full body rash because all of my sheets and all of my clothing was covered in eucalyptus oil, which is a very well-known body irritant. And I also think that I might be like a little bit allergic to it. I'm not really sure. But yeah, so I gave myself a full body rash, which is crazy. And dig this, eucalyptus oil is extremely flammable, so it should be nowhere near your dryer. So I just kind of want to put that out there. If you are adding essential oils to your wool dryer balls, which I encourage everyone to get wool dryer balls to start with, but please go ahead and think about what essential oils you're putting on it. Lavender is really nice on the skin, but there are other things that are safer. Um, Like peppermint oil is a lot safer than the eucalyptus oil I was choosing. So if you're trying to mix up your essential oils in your dryer sheet replacements, Just do your research and make sure that they're safe to use on your body and they're safe to use on your dryer. So I'm really sorry to kind of like throw out all that personal information about my ridiculous full body rash that I gave myself over the course of six weeks, but I encourage y'all to just think about how your sustainable choices are impacting your life and just be safe and be healthy. And I hope that you guys all still consider using wool dryer balls. I just use them now without essential oils until I kind of like get all of my laundry under control because like everything in my closet over the course of six weeks, I've washed a lot of things. Everything in my closet is covered in essential oil. So I need to like clean it out. I wash all my sheets and I feel so much better, but um, just FYI, everybody, I wanted to put that out there. And I'm sorry if that was TMI, but I feel like I needed to tell you guys. Cause again, like I said, I feel like you're my friends. I talk to you every week. Um, don't give yourself a full body eucalyptus oil rash. That is it for today's episode of Eco Chic. I hope you enjoyed this quick little episode on your cotton t-shirts. Please go ahead and leave me a rating or review. Tell me how you liked it. Tell me if you have any other ideas of things you'd like to hear on the podcast. I really want to keep in touch. So please go ahead and either DM me on Instagram at Laura E. Diaz or at Eco Chic Podcast or send me an email via my website, lauraediaz.com. With that, I hope you guys have a really great day and I'll see you on Thursday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.